Are you lost? Or are you looking for something? Walking around here, it's dangerous. This is not recommended for everybody. Kiddos can come along, but they can only have more questions than answers. But that's part of this journey. Enter if you dare. My name is Dakota Franson, and this is Specialist of the Strange Radio Show, where we go into various topics of the unknown. Maybe, just maybe, we'll discover something new along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're not going to want to miss this. episode. Today is April 3rd, 2020. Well, if you're able to listen to this, means you survived. Hopefully this mess with COVID-19 ends soon. And we can get life back to normal. Because quite frankly, people are I mean, driving me crazy. Uh, I don't know how the people in the freaking International Space Station do it. And you know what? Let's just go ahead and get on with the good stuff. The content you come here for. Today I want to discuss something that is on a lot of people's minds. Whether they're thinking about it directly or maybe they haven't considered it quite yet until someone points out the inconsistencies. Now, like I've said on previous episodes, all of the ideas I present here are on the assumptions that there is in fact truth to there being an afterlife. There's truth behind every myth and legend. The trick is to find out what that is. Statistically, you're still more likely to run into somebody who's completely full of shit than you are a legitimate situation. It has come to my attention that quite a few people who are realizing this may just be noticing something going on inside their home they may have not noticed before because their life is usually so busy 
but I'm here to help anywhere I can. So for this instance, how in the hell are spirits able to stick around? How is it our loved ones? How What makes hauntings possible? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because some of the concepts behind it involve material that even some of the most brilliant minds on the world the world right now can barely process this may be a discovery that we had to rely on artificial intelligence now that I'm thinking about it but I do believe the foundations for truly understanding what goes on after we die in our grasp the basic framework is being laid now it's just to figure out where the hell the dumbass manager decided to put the blueprint so how is it our loved ones are able to stick around Maybe there's some truth behind Disney's Coco, where it relies heavily on the memory of one's soul. Let's get into that, shall we? My name is Dakota France, and I am the one, the only, specialist of the strange. Let's get into this, because it's a crazy world. Alright, let's get into this. I am terribly sorry about the delay. Currently experiencing some technical difficulties due to COVID-19 related restrictions. Mostly being, well, the fucking kids are home and the internet in my area is just not that good. No, 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 no. But let's get into it. I hope you all are staying safe. Uh, this is kind of the first release I've done since it's happened, but within the last week, on March 31st, I had a fucking earthquake. Now, I was far enough from the epicenter to where you only felt a little bit. Pretty good shaking, actually. Can't say a little bit. I, you know, they were pretty good. It was enough to make you wiggle and dance, but not enough to shit your pants. So far, um, well, we're still getting aftershocks in the area, but so far there have been no reported injuries, so... Yeah, just a moment that really scared the shit out of a lot of us. On top of all this crap going on, but anyway, let's get into tonight's topic. Why? 
because it's a subject of debate. Debate, debate. It's been a subject of. God damn it. It has been a subject of debate for quite some time. There! Yay! I got it! Can you just imagine how I fucking managed to film live TV shows where I can't stop stuttering like this? <laughs> I'm honest. Any hooser. Tonight's topic, I wanted to go into the science of spirits. What allows us to be able to seemingly stick around until after, I mean, not until after, after we've already passed away. Now we're going to have to go through some disclaimers before we continue. I am not going to be sticking with matters of faith. This show is intended to explore possible scientific explanations for paranormal phenomena, operating on the assumption that it is real. This is the uh, verbiage I need to use in order to maintain status amongst those who are more scientifically oriented. Now, that's not going to eliminate the possibility of me bringing up certain faith-based topics. Because who knows? There might be some truth to what's been told all this time. And we're just now reaching a point where they're going, Oh, that's what she meant. Things like that. The second notion I must point out. It is virtually impossible, impossible to truly test the following ideas. I can't say theories. Technically speaking, these aren't theories because a theory is something that can be tested and repeated. Technically, there's no way to test these things without breaking some serious ethical boundaries. I've said it once before, I've said it plenty of times before, and I'm just gonna reiterate it right now for the purpose of this program. We cannot. There is no way of being able to verify the claims made within the paranormal field without Someone dying and coming back to tell us what's going on. That's been the only way we've been able to get some sort of idea. The spirits themselves may not actually have any idea of what the hell's going on themselves. I use themselves twice in that sentence. Uh, now I'm seeing why my girlfriend always nags. Uh, I don't know. No, not nags. Not nags. Constantly points out my grammatical errors, but I'm only human, and I apologize if she just heard that. I do appreciate you. Right. On to the show. 
those two dilemmas that I just mentioned being said, are we're going to make this episode controversial. But as long as you acknowledge those points, as long as you maintain being respectful, in regards to what I have to say. And if you disagree, feel free to start a discussion. All I ask is just be respectful to one another. Especially in times like this where a fucking video in front of my lo local goddamn Walmart is going viral because two people were going at it for some odd goddamn reason and you can't exactly hear any dialogue because somebody added a fucking music track. Hey. I thought the world was crazy before. Anywho, let's get on to the top. To the top. How is it that people seem to be able to stick around after they die? What is a ghost? What are ghosts made of? How is this possible? Can we possibly detect what's going on? Is there some way we can scientifically measure the phenomenon surrounding paranormal claims? These are what fuel the debate since mankind has been around long enough to in order in order to start contemplating the possibilities of life after death. That's something we cannot ignore. But the findings so far are subject to interpretation, which fuels the debate even now. You have uh, individuals in the mainstream scientific community like, um, shit, what was his name? Brian Cox, I think his name is. Real big with uh, projects like CERN, the... Uh, He's made numerous, numerous media appearances in regards to talking about ghosts, things like that. Has gone on enough, gone on record quite enough times to say that ghosts aren't real because we haven't found any evidence of them. Ghosts aren't real because we haven't found any evidence of them. Let me rephrase: Ghosts aren't real because we haven't found any evidence of them. This presents a problem. Now, there's a lot more, and it's gonna sound ironic because a documentary about his life was the, one of the first movies I ever did, but you have figures like Bill Nye, who point out the very legitimate, I should say, I should just say that right now, the very legitimate probabilities of human perception being altered by surrounding environments leading them to believe they've witnessed the supernatural. Now as an investigator, these are the ones you have to really watch out for because they hint at some potentially dangerous even life-threatening 
situations that if ignored could lead to more people joining the afterlife. And that's something we would like to avoid now, isn't it? Don't get me wrong. I've been known to sneak paranormal investigation equipment into funerals. I did it with my own grandfather. He was my first client, so I would have figured he'd be okay with it. <laughs> anyway, situations like toxic mold, grieving in itself, sleep deprivation, carbon monoxide. What's the term for it? There's a psych... I can't remember the psychological... Cognitive conditioning. All these have been found to cause increased reports of paranormal phenomena. Cognitive conditioning. Let's go to that real quick. That is when someone is told beforehand that, oh, by the way, this place is haunted. Watch out for this, 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 and this. Being told that, some people report, it has been found that people who were told that a location was haunted started actually perceiving more paranormal events. Then you also have another common one that has made its way into political atmosphere and is causing a lot of people to get really sick during this corona night this coronavirus bullshit confirmation bias it's where people are too damn stubborn to accept any scientific related fact that goes against their beliefs where one time you feel a mysterious breeze that you cannot locate the source of makes you think there's a possible ghost every time you feel a similar feeling the human mind is that fucking easy to trick however despite the human minds how should I put this Restrictions. Flaws. It is a standard understanding amongst even fringe-esque scientific groups that a little less than 1%, in fact, let's just round it up to a full 1%, that's me being generous. That at least 1% of reports might actually have something legitimate. And those are the ones I want to focus on. Obviously. That is what I want to focus on. So, we're going to hop into a quick little commercial break now that we've kind of rushed through all of the instances that might cause false perceptions of ghostly activity. Let's get into the real shit. Let's get into what causes ghosts to become ghosts.
you're going to want to hear this. You're dead. So, besides the obvious, you'll start stinky, being stinky, your skin melting, body becoming cold, the involuntary loss of blood, bodily fluids. What happens when you die? What happens to what we know as the soul? Well, let's operate under the assumption that the idea of the soul is some form of sentient light. What happens to that after we die? What happens to the soul? Why is it that we look like the same person we were after death. Why is it? In fact, let's go a little further. Why is it that we have fucking clothes on when we die? When we become ghosts? Why isn't it? We, why don't we have a bunch of naked ass ghosts? I bet none of you actually thought of that. Why is it that our clothes, we have clothes on our person, on our spirit when we die? Well, let's talk about it. One of the biggest ideas out there right now is that there is a chemical compound known as DMT. When this compound is smoked, it's initially a crystal, then you crush it to vaporize it, blah, 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 blah. When you smoke this thing, under its purest forms, it's associated with highly sensitive and spiritual experiences. Many who have smoked so much of this crap, they start hallucinating and believe it's been still being debated on whether or not this is true. Believe they make one-on-one -on -one contact with extraterrestrials, with angels, sometimes even with demons. <coughs> so what is it? Why is it that this happens? It's believed that DMT is actually naturally produced by most, if not all, mammals. It's a naturally occurring chemical compound. And it's a highly, highly hallucinogenic drug. Very powerful, very illegal. So, the moment we die... It's often speculated that amongst many of the bodily fluids, there's a sudden burst of DMT before we die. Now, listen to what I'm saying. 
in its purest form, DMT is actually forms kind of like a crystal. The brain excel when exposed to tremendous forms of heat. As in, hey, those of you who are freaking out about the earthquake possibly setting off the Yellowstone supervolcano, listen up. They've actually found that being killed by lava turns your brain into glass. And the pictures of it actually look pretty cool. It's one of those things that's really cool. It looks like a, a piece of vitri vitrified brain looks like a chunk of obsidian. It's kind of glassy in appearance, black in color. Looks pretty, looks pretty, looks cool. Until you realize what the hell it is. Anyway. As I was saying, DMT in its purest form is considered a clear, looks like a clear crystal-like substance. It has actually been found that crystals under certain conditions can <coughs> reflect light in ways that our eyes cannot perceive. Certain crystals, and they actually have, they're working on, they have five dimensional data disks right now that can store like 500 terabytes of information. Just to give you a rough idea. Say, which is, for those of you not technical savvy, which is roughly a few thousand old school DVDs, not Blu-rays, actual DVDs. Just to give you a rough example, that's not the exact number, but it's good enough to give, it's good enough to get my point across. It has actually been found that crystals can actually store information and reflect information and light in such a way that it's as if they're accessing other dimensions of space. When we die, it is believed that our soul moves on to a spiritual plane of existence that coexists with our own. Being that's a thing of light, it possibly moves up in dimensions. Some people have even tried to say it's the fourth dimension. Well, under quantum theory, the fourth dimension of space is time itself. To which one can exist in multiple periods of time at once. It's is actually been speculated by some that beings who exist on a fourth dimensional plane can actually make themselves younger or older. And there have been reports of spirits who, report, who appear to some people as babies, others as an adult, even though they did, weren't even born in the first place. I've had a couple of reports come across like that. Now, so under the assumption that the soul is actually a creation of sentient light, 
under the operation that this that DMT reacts to it somehow and somehow manages to release it into a fourth dimensional space that also explains a lot that explains why spirits who cross over seemingly heal from all life wounds look younger can seemingly disappear and reappear seemingly terrible in fact seemingly terrible Ter teleport teleport according to our own perception of their activity how is this possible well the best way I can visual can give you a visualization of it it's like think of a river any river will do a good size river known to have you know fishies and other forms of life living in it consider this river our perception of reality as we know it in this very moment eventually we go along life the river also represents time we go forward we go forward we go forward until we reach the end of our river does the river just stop no otherwise it build up flow over and cause a massive flood what does it do usually rivers eventually dump off into the ocean Now imagine that you're a fish stuck in this river and you somehow make it out to the middle of the ocean. Instead of being constrained to where, how far you can travel each way, you can either go up and down the river and maybe you can go side to side a little bit if the current is relaxed enough. Eventually you reach the ocean. Now it's bigger. You have a lot more room. The dimensional planes, the way they work, the higher the dimensions go, the more directions it is possible to move in. And the, to the fish that was adapted to last in the river, the ocean's so big, they might not be able to see everything. And things can seemingly just come out of nowhere. The same logic applies. Our physical body, our DNA, our brains, the memory of us seem to act like some sort of anchor. The more you travel, the more you live life, the longer your memory lasts on this earth. It acts like an anchor. It can act as a way for you to go back to the physical world that you knew. Now, like I said, certain mammals, they're, in fact, it's most, most mammals that DMT actually produces naturally and 
that clearly. The family dog is going to get a little bit confused if all of a sudden he finds himself in a much wider backyard, so to speak. He can still make his way back, but it's going to be hard for him. Or he might even be so fascinated by all this. I'm sorry. Searching YouTube. Sorry, my Amazon Alexa was acting weird. But anyway, the family dog might actually get a little too excited by all this new room that he has to run around and play in. Same for the cat. They might want to go explore a little bit. Now, I know I said stick again with using the analogy of fish being life, but you can also use boats. Obviously, when you're out, out at sea, you want to stop your boat and you don't want it to move very far, you draw a banker. And as long as your anchor stays where it is and there's not some sort of freaky big ass monster that pulls you down chances are your boat's not gonna go anywhere now this also presents an interesting situation what happens when everything we set up as an anchor for ourselves disappears? The people we love pass away. There's no one around to tell our stories. What happens then? Well, it is possible that because beings outside of the three dimensions we experience right in this very moment may only be constrained by the times in which they knew unless they were to figure out something else. Essentially their supplies run low and they can't keep going. Right now, that's the best analogy for why spirits happen. But that only goes into what causes us to die. It doesn't really explain why spirits appear the way they do. And let's go into that real quick. We have a little bit of time. Shadow apparitions, where certain beings pop up as light. That could very well be how light sources are reacting to their to their bodies in their world reflecting upon it, which is ours. Shadow apparitions, where it seemed like they are three-dimensional shadow figures. I've used this analogy before. 
black holes are spheres. If space as we know it is four-dimensional, you pop a hole in the fourth dimension, what's it going to look like? It's going to look like a ball. You shine a light against a four-dimensional being, what's their shadow going to look like? Three-dimensional. Now, what about those beings that pop up as nothing but light? What's up with that? Well, scientifically speaking, humans give off infrared light. That's why you can see us in night vision cameras, you can see us in thermal cameras when it's pitch black outside and there's a other, no other light source available. Now let's say that beings from higher dimensions follow similar rules. Their bodies give off light. But because of how their world works, they have more ways in which they can grow that are beyond what we can comprehend. If they were to stick their hand through our world, all we would see is this big, constantly changing thing just seemingly floating out of nowhere. You want a rough idea of how that might look? There's a way you can do it. Take a couple pieces of cardboard, stick them together, leave yourself about half an inch of viewing space. Stick it up to one of your eyes. Don't stick too close to where you cut yourself, but you know what? I have to say that considering some of the dumbass challenges kids are doing nowadays. Take your other hand and move it in front. Having your field of vision only being limited between the pieces of cardboard. You obviously know it's going to be your own hand, but what does it look like? It looks like some sort of fleshy blob that's just constantly changing shapes now, does it? So being that these entities could potentially be several times larger than us simply because their world allows for more space to exist. If their bodies give off electromagnetic radiation like ours do, it could very well look like, to us at least, a shining white light. If they were to stick their hand into our world. What may be a nuclear blast in our world could be nothing more than a hot summer day in their world. Now this brings up a couple interesting questions. Now there's one where a couple of jokes I see on floating around on social media all the time is why is it that we don't see ghosts of dinosaurs? Ghosts of why is it that certain beings only look human or have some sort of 
why don't we see more animal ghosts? Why is it we don't see bird ghosts, lizard ghosts? Well, it goes back to that DMT production. It could very well be that the th during the time of the dinosaurs, that chemical compound was not evolved in our systems, in the bodily systems yet. It is something that appeared with evolution over time. And because animals aren't going to be able to comprehend larger spatial dimensions, or they might get too excited to really care, that's probably why we don't see a lot more ghosts of animals. Why do we see, you know, ghost trains, ghost ships, things like that? Well, that would have to be attachments due to whoever was on that ship. Whoever was on that ship clearly cared about it. Their impression was left on it. And because their anchor it still exists with that physical object, it may even carry over. Those who are dead long enough might be able to start figuring out how they can alter our own world. And some of the incidents of paranormal activity may be higher dimensional beings realizing they can make contact with us realizing that we're there but knowing that if they don't severely limit themselves not they know that it's difficult but if they don't limit themselves they can cause some serious issues and yes there are beings out there who want nothing more but to create chaos and sometimes they make themselves known here but they usually don't last long. And it could very well be that beings we know as angels, God even, no matter what religion you're in, they exist in dimensional planes that are so massive, are so immense that our minds cannot even comprehend that they could easily mess with us and the direction in which they're coming from we wouldn't be able to perceive at all because it's so far out of our own ability now those how does this explain psychic phenomenon? well it's like I said it is possible there's a higher DMT production in legitimate psychics which allow for the spiritual phenomenon to take place. Once again, this goes back to many events of the paranormal not being able to be proven unless someone dies and comes back in order for us to get some sort of hint of where to look. And another thing that I've mentioned before on this show is if we put every single form of moder medical monitoring device imaginable, 
everything we know and more. We're able to fit it all inside of a Fitbit to where it can monitor every single aspect of our being. Every time every chemical that our brain creates, every time our there's an abnormality, every time there's a fart getting ready to build up. They got fucking pills to help you get alerts on your phone when you got a fart getting ready to come out. I'm not kidding. Look it up. When all that technology can easily be fit fitted into a Fitbit. When cameras are implanted within our own very eyes, there may be a lot we simply do not see. And why do I say about the cameras in the eyes bit? Well, because I don't know about you, but if I see something fucking amazing, I've been in situations that seem so fucking incredible that I was too distracted by what was going on to even think about my phone in the first place. And I imagine a lot of others were in that situation as well. So those are simply things to consider next time you hear certain reports. But I'm not done quite yet on this matter. I'm going to expand upon this. And answer a few debates on demonic possession in the next episode. How is it demons are able to read our minds? How is it they're able to possess us in the first place? The feats of incredible strength, the spontaneous combustion. How a possessed person seemingly mutates before your very eyes during an exorcism, if they're strong enough. And yes, I've seen it happen. So let's go on into that next week, or this Friday. Which will be the 10th. On April 10th. I'll see you there. But before you go. Know that. We're going to start trying to work on. Very new videos here soon. On my YouTube channel. And I'm also keeping to some new. Been. Or I should say been made aware of some new software. That can help expand. Distribution of this show. And more other. And more videos. other channels that I operate on so be on the lookout be sure to like subscribe follow my Facebook Twitter Instagram YouTube find me on snapchat there's a link in the description that'll take you to all the available sites the stores once they're once again open again I my IMDB page let me know what you thought of this episode and I'll see you all next time my friends take care be nice to one another Stay home. If you can, get yourself a good face mask. Look out for one another, and I'll see you next time.